Are you ready to scale your business in a way that's aligned with your soul and profitable? I'm Casey Rossi, a business and leadership coach. I've been a full-time entrepreneur for 30 years and love business. I help conscious leaders increase their impact and optimize their lives. Join me each week for tips and deep conversations on cultivating confidence, increasing your visibility, elevating your vibration, and leading with purpose without burning out. Let's go. Carrie, welcome to the show. I am so excited to dive in with you. I feel like after our initial chat that we have had some experience. Our souls have traversed some similar circles in the past. So it was so easy. We got deep lickety split. So I'm excited for the sequel. Yes, me too. I'm very excited to see what comes forth from our conversation today. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds great. So before we dive in for folks that aren't familiar with you and your work in a nutshell, uh, what type of problems do you help solve? Essentially, what I do is I help people to reconnect with their authentic selves and to um, start a spiritual path that is their unique conversation with the divine. And along the process of that, there's lots of deconditioning from whatever was taught to that person about life that isn't working, you know, because usually they're up against some kind of like this system that's supposed to work for everybody doesn't work for me and it's not right and I need to change it. And so I give them tools for changing it and um, for stepping out into their own powerful medicine. Yeah, I love that. Um, couple things with that. The deconditioning, I think, is such a huge piece. And I feel like when we're trying to fit into the mold of what's quote unquote working or apparently working, right? Because we can be <laughs> very um, persuaded by the Instagram glossy reels. So, but what apparently looks like it's working for everyone else, I think sometimes whether you're sensitive or just have a different um, aspect of where you are, that that normal blueprint doesn't work and, and that can make you feel broken. So I would love to hear a little bit of your thoughts, both on that, like that system of how to make it feel like, hey, wait, it's like, I, I'm not just this kind of like broken person. Yeah, I think that our identities, how we how we configure our identity, it starts off being based on what other people think of us because we when we're children, what our mother thinks of us and what our father thinks of us and our siblings is really important for our immediate sense of belonging and um, acceptance. And if that kind of gets skewed for some reason, then which for most of us it has for the big, there's a big reason why we could talk about it if you want, but you know, there's uh that gets skewed. What happens is that we can get this sort of like, um, I, I love this. I can't remember the name of the um, inventor of it though, but there's this idea of different aspects of self. I'll just say that. Okay. And there's one aspect that thinks you're broken. You know, there's one aspect that thinks, gosh, I am so broken. I'm so not wanted. I'm so unloved. I'm so, you know, and I can't figure out what, what I can do to get myself to be loved. And then usually there's like this other um, side of you that's like, no, that's like your cheerleader. That's like, you're awesome. These people are crazy. You're the best. Mm -hmm. And so there's like these different aspects, right? You can have your cheerleader and your broken one. And, you know, so the, the journey really is in like rectifying. You're not crazy. You're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. And you do have things to heal. 
So all of it at the same time, like you do have things to decondition so you can come back to your authentic self that was there before you maybe incarnated into your body and started getting programmed (laughs) by others around you. (laughs) What do you see as like a very common resistance to that unveiling or the peeling back of the layers or the, the reconditioning? What do you think often, or what do you see often come up for people that is kind of like the stumbling block for them. The stumbling block is the innate knowing that as you um, decondition yourself, you're taking yourself out of the systems that kept you feeling as if you belonged Mm -hmm. and as if you were loved somehow, some crazy definition of love being, um, you know, controlled or coerced to conform into the way other people wanted you to be. When you start to leave those systems, um, you know, there's change and some people don't react very well to change. A lot of family systems are based on set it, forget it. Like you're this label and you're in this box and we're going to keep telling you the story over and over and over again so you don't forget it and nobody forgets who you are in this family system because that's who you are. The problem is if you're the one, if, if the who you are is the scapegoat for the family, that is a crappy place to get stuck. You know, yeah, and, and, and nobody wants you to move from that spot because in the family system, you're like the dumping grounds. So it's like, oh, well, it's so-and-so's fault, really. It's so-and-so's fault. And so everything just gets sort of like dumped off onto you that other people just don't want to deal with. And that's like huge projections can happen inside family systems. So, you know, as, as a mother, I'm savvy to that because I experienced that in my own family. And so like the tendencies to favor one over the other or to make stories about the kids and to say, oh, well, you're always like this, or you've always been like that. That has definitely happened. And mm-hmm. because I was not conscious to it either, because these are systems that, you know, we're trained in and then we just sort of operate by default. Then we have to go back and rewire it. And it's like, oh, no, I'm not going to tell that story about you. That's not a fair story. That's, you know, let's tell a different story. <laughs> tell a more important Yeah, I story. completely relate to that. And we accept it as normal and it gets passed down through the generations because we're just modeling what was ahead of us. And so I'm wondering what bravery point you experienced in your personal life before you woke up to even needing a new hardware or software system and um, creating kind of a new pathway for yourself. You know, I'm very hard-headed. I have been very hard-headed my whole life. So I needed to go all the way to the bottom, you know, like, so I was in a, I was in a existential crisis, you know, so I'd taken, I had scapegoated myself, you know, as the black sheep or whatever responsible for everything all the way down into its conclusion, you know, even including like, um, psychological diagnoses saying just how broken I was and, you know, just like I just needed to stay on a pill the rest of my life because there was just no fixing me. And, you know, and I was in a marriage that like confirmed that and in a family system that confirmed that I was the, always the problem. So for me, I had to leave my 20-year relationship. I left my 20-year marriage and my kids were small. So I also like created a divorce situation for my children. Um, I had to um, branch out on my own. And at first, it was an un- it was sort of a, a gut response impulse. Like this is the last stop. Like if I don't leave now, I might not make it. Like I might actually take my life. So I had to leave that and start off on my own. And then um, within about... S- 
I don't know, it was like six months, I had my first spiritual teacher. And that teacher mm -hmm. did the first thing that anybody had ever done with me through two decades of psychotherapy, um, which was talk therapy and the person mostly taking notes. This guy sat across from me and I started telling him my sob story about my victim story, what was happening. And he looked at me and he said, you're creating this. Wow. What? How <laughs> powerful. What? Yeah. And that so it was one of the first so of many moments of like that twisting, like, you mean I'm creating this? <laughs> and I remember years later when I was, I was undoing the you're crazy story from my mom would always say, you're crazy. You're just crazy. And everybody would say you're crazy. And I was like, it was such a mantra, my family. Wow. And <laughs> I remember, and I was like, and she said, she said to me one day along those lines, she's like, you're making this all up. Like it didn't happen the way you're saying. And all of a sudden I was like, I'm making this all up. Yes, I am making this all up. You're right. I am. And I'm that powerful. I can create my reality based on what I'm making up. And so I'm going to make up some new stuff. And I so that's it. what I started doing. That's <laughs> I started incredible. I, I love the truth tellers. And, um, you know, I feel like our listeners are going to have moments like that too, that they're going to be able to like, yes, I had a time or the fork in the road when this person told me that. And immediately when you were sharing that story and thank you for sharing it, I was thinking of a time when one of my earlier coaches, like 10 minutes into our first session, it was like one of the first times I invested like chunks of thousands. Right. And I was like nervous and I was all excited. And like 10 minutes into our first session, she's like, Oh, you're a martyr. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, it was like, I was like, I was shocked. I was like, Oh my God. And I'm paying for this. And it was like this whole thing. And it was like one of those most pivotal moments where I was like, okay, I have to really look at this, uncover this, get to the root of it. So I love that people are out there being brave enough to be their truth tellers. And then it gives us this impetus to be like, all right, now I can start this new journey. And like you said, create a new story, have more positive thinking um, thoughts, which are going to really tie into our beliefs and actions. So I love that. And when we were talking earlier, you mentioned a connection between people that have had earlier experiences from their childhood or in you know earlier stages of this life that were kind of the black sheep that were told that they were crazy that that they did feel certain aspects of themselves was broken or odd and you connected it to something that was really intriguing to me which you call the second wave and i would love it if you could just illuminate what that means and the correlation between the two yeah absolutely so um <clears throat> the second wave is something that Dolores Cannon spoke about in her work. And um, if people aren't familiar with her, she actually had a life career that led to the discovery of how to do deep hypnosis with people so that she could talk to their souls and ask questions. Like, isn't that cool? Could talk to your soul and ask questions. And so when she started doing that, she interviewed like thousands of people um, under hypnosis and they started talking about the first wave. I'm part of the first wave. I'm part of the second wave. I'm part of the third wave. And she's like, what is this? And so there, she has, she has a whole book on it. My book is called the second wave transcending the human drama because the people that I'm here to messenger and wake up, um, as a first priority are the second wave people. Now you might be the second wave if your story sounds familiar to mine, that I've been sharing with you, like you're, you felt like you needed to help 
you felt like you came in like I'm here to help and then immediately were saddled with it's all your fault you know like burden burden scapegoat and always felt like you saw things that other people didn't see like you understand things about love or relationship that other people just don't seem to understand and like you're like why are people so mean you know basically like why do they do these things I don't get it. Like I don't, I wasn't born with that mean gene. I don't know what that is. Like, I don't understand why people are so mean. And, um, but everyone else is like, don't you just get it? Like you feel like the new kid on the block, you know? And so why did that all happen is because, um, you know, the second wave is made up of a lot of different kinds of souls, some souls that have not been on this planet a bunch, but they have expertise in higher consciousness for other species. You know, this sounds a little bit wild for some people maybe, but you know, the idea of aliens landing on this planet that would never happen and we could all understand why aliens would never land on this planet as their true alien form because humanity would try to take them out as we've seen in many movies like they would consider them the enemy and be like you're out of here i'm killing you but if you're in a human suit you know and you look human and you've had a human life and you've experienced it then you're a little bit more palatable to people as like an emissary of hey this is how to like get through this human experience with more grace mm-hmm. and so some some of the second wave might be what people would call angels or people would call you know um light beings from other planets and chose to come here at this time in the great awakening to help support humanity and um, basically becoming part of the star nations, right? But we have some work to do, obviously. We can see in the collective, we have a few little more lessons to move through before we're accepted, you know, into that level of awareness. So that the second wave book talks a lot about the different things that we can practice as humans to, you know, to elevate ourselves into higher consciousness so that we can be part of the star nations as human beings and we don't just get wiped off the face of this planet, which is also, you know, not a very big possibility at this point, although it looks like it is Um, it's actually not as big as it looks but we do have to do work this episode is brought to you by know thyself and lead my free mini training that unlocks the top three secrets that you need to joyfully thrive you'll learn the number one way to fuel action so that you're never stuck or procrastinating again you'll crack the code and unveil your specific aligned purpose for more flow and ease, and you'll discover the way to propel you further, faster. You can binge watch all three trainings at once or at your leisure. Either way, you'll want to sign up and dive right in. Access Know Thyself and Lead at kcrossi.com slash lead. That's kcrossi.com slash lead. Now, please enjoy the show. Yeah, 100%. And I do feel, and I'm hearing um, more and more and more talk about feminine rising. It definitely is coming up in my work as well. And so I'm wondering how you see that kind of opening up as we continue to move beyond 2021 and into next year and into even um, future years. How do you see that feminine rising, um, elevating and changing and morphing Yes. Um, well, there's a big healing that's happening on the planet now. My last book was called Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound that addressed this essential healing that's happening, which is healing the mother wound on the planet. You know, the planet is our mother and we have neglected her. And we have neglected the planet in the the biggest sense. You can look around and see examples of how we've polluted, we've, you know, we've pillaged. There's a lot of things we've done that have created huge imbalances in the Earth's ecosystem, which is one of the reasons why we're having so many challenges 
challenges on the earth right now uh, with global warming and things like that. But the, our bodies too, our bodies are made of earth. So when we think about what is the feminine, the feminine is our bodies. Each person has a body that is mother earth. And then your spirit is coming down into that body and that's called embodiment. And in the embodiment process, you've got to face a lot of divine feminine aspects of yourself, such as feelings, <laughs> such as your body, <laughs> movement, breath, you know, like get in your body. And so this is the next level for anybody who's been meditating for a while and kind of got down like I can escape my body anytime I want. Like I can like get way out there and zoned out in meditation. Awesome. Next part, you got to get back in the body. You know, that's that's how you awaken. That's actual awaken awakening is like embodiment. So it's the union. It's the divine kiss between the masculine and the feminine, the masculine spirit, the feminine earth, you know, and we're becoming one inside each of us. This is what Jesus, the other great masters did, and the opportunity is here for anybody now to become that level of enlightenment right at this age of Aquarius. So that's what we're yeah. doing. Totally speaking my language, my coaching is called the soul print method. It is truly about that perfect balance and synergy of the masculine and the feminine energy. So I think we're cut from a very similar cloth, which is really, really cool. Um, to you, like if you could share a little bit about transcending that human drama, I feel like it sounds so delicious and also elusive at the same time. <laughs> well, it's it's actually yeah, it's there's a lot of advice in the book about that, the second wave book. There's one chapter in particular that a couple of themes actually that I'll share. One theme is a shift in perspective that really helps. And that is from conformity model, conformity-based systems into this idea of the thumbprint journey, the unique thumbprint. So all of us know we have unique thumbprints. Um, as above, so below, as in, as out, that that is not by mistake. We have unique thumbprints to remind us that we are unique. So there's never, ever going to be another person like you on the planet ever, ever before or after. You're the only one that ever will be, Casey, only one with your life journey and your set of conditions and your potentials. And so if you don't explore your Casey thumbprint suit, nobody else ever will. And all the gifts that were locked up inside, it will stay locked up inside there. And this is true for everybody who's listening. So that unique thumbprint is a huge key. And it's the opposite of what many people have been conditioned to believe is the path to being like a good human, you know, or worthy of heaven. So actually being worthy of heaven is the opposite of what a lot of training is. You actually have to get curious. You have to explore yourself. You have to try things. You've got to trust your intuition. You've got to lean in. You've got to listen to your higher guidance, your soul, your capital S self. That's like huge. So there's that huge shift. So you can understand why people might be resistant to it is because they've been told that if they explore their intuition and if they ask questions, they're somehow bad and going to go to hell. You know, there's a whole big part of the population that were trained in that way, and it's just flat out wrong. So as we move forward into the age of Aquarius, um, you know, we're getting launched into this age right now. And so it's pretty turbulent, you know, because of the just the quick pin hairpin turn we're doing, like we're doing this hairpin turn, you know, and going the other way. That is, it causes friction and it causes fear and it, it, it provokes all these ideas. And so as a person who's awake to that, the way you can be in service to other people who are stuck in those old models is to have a courageous heart. So the courageous heart 
is really about opening your heart, having compassion for the other person, empathizing with the fact that they've been domesticated in some way to have some fear about whatever it is you're, that you've realized is totally normal and perfect and beautiful. They've been trained it's bad. And so, you know, to have that compassion that this person is still asleep in that old model of disempowerment and haven't, has not discovered their inner power yet, and to have, like, just really bring yourself there. Now, this is not easy work. This is where the rubber meets the road. It's not esoteric at all. You know, it looks like deep breaths instead of saying something. You know, it looks like... Yeah, it's so practical. And I love so practical. that because I think sometimes if this is new information, which I think for a lot of our listeners, it's not because we have a really tuned in, tapped in audience. But if it is for somebody, it's it, it could feel like very woo and airy. And so I love that you're grounding it because it's super super practical. And a lot of these things are very simple. And I, to your point of embodiment, that is like the key that unlocks it, you know? So I love that. And you kind of already answered the next question that was bubbling up in my mind, which was just, how do you stay so convicted in this passion despite cancel culture? Because there is this bravery and this courageous heart as you're speaking of to be unapologetic, to say things that may actually go against the grain right now in today's world. And like you still are, you're doing it. You're still showing up for yourself. You're showing up for the people that are meant to hear your message. So you just, I could feel your passion in what you just said before, but if there's anything else you want to riff on on that vein, I would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, you know, stepping out of conformity, if you can see the bigger picture of it, then you can see any personal challenges you might have around that as part of your own growth path to um, embodying your sovereignty on the planet. So you can see it as part of your soul's curriculum, which might give you a different view than your um, human view. And if you can see it from that view, then you can say, oh, my human is experiencing not belonging right now. My human is experiencing being shunned. My human is experiencing being abandoned. And as my soul self, my soul knowing, I can comfort my human self to say, there is a greater belonging for you right now. There is a greater oneness that's coming. And it's on the other side of you embracing your sovereignty. And so um, like whatever human ideas there are about making people like unify, (laughs) forcing unification, that is not the right unification. The unification is a natural byproduct of stepping into your sovereignty. And one example of that, just to like make it really clear is that, you know, like when we hop on these broadcasts, like Casey and I met, we met for literally 30 minutes. We're like, oh yeah, we're talking the same language. Bam, 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 bam. And we can just do the, we don't have to, we're not rehearsing anything. We don't have to rehearse it. It's just, it's flowing through us naturally and we're aligned because the divine is aligning us. So the other way, you might, I remember years ago, if I got hopped on the phone with somebody new, I'd feel awkward and I feel unsure of myself. And I'd like be, you know, kind of wondering, is this person going to like what I'm saying? I was totally in my personality self. So Mm -hmm. awkwardness is a sign of being in personality. Certainty inside yourself is a sign of being in your soul. Not to say that Casey and I are going to be completely aligned on everything, but that we're at a certain level of alignment where what we're saying, where the messages that we're individually getting is what the whole is getting who's tuning in. So you can get it too. Like everybody who tunes in is going to get similar messages and then have this flow experience where, you know, we're kind of talking the same language because we're getting the same thoughts and we're tuned into this, this organism that is unified already. But until we get there, we're going to be awkward and like wondering if we're there yet. It's kind of like an orgasm, you know, I mean, (laughs) I wondered for years if I had one, and then I had one at 42 and I was like, oh, I never had one before. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> this is 
what it is. This oh, is magic. This is, yeah. <laughs> this is magic. And, and I love <laughs> that. And I feel like, I feel like this excitement and this juicy heart stewer just speaking with you. And so it's like, it, it is exciting. And I feel like, you know, our cells are just kind of vibrating at a very similar frequency. And so they're excited that they get new friends. <laughs> yeah, they like, get Yay. New friends. So don't worry too much about the rejection part. You know, that's a necessary part to go through. I went through the reject. My whole family rejected me on my journey of spiritual awakening. Like there was a few years where like everybody turned their backs on me. And luckily in that time, I had new communities, new friends. I had my husband. My husband came into my life, my new, my second husband. And so it was like, I had the universe is going to provide you with what you need. You're never going to be completely alone. You never are anyway. So you have to risk it. You have to be like, you know what? It's it's going to be all right. And on the other side of the transformation, when you're solidly in yourself, your actual authentic self, and you're relaxed, your state of being and your self-mastery and creating a safe space for yourself creates a safe space for others. And those people will come back in that are meant to come back in. So like my mom and I, we have a better relationship than we ever had before on the other side of my transformation. We actually understand each other now. It's like, wow, okay, we're talking. Like you're seeing me, I'm seeing you, like this is great, you know, and none of that old awkward fear, you know, fears that I used to have. It's just that part's not there anymore. That's such a beautiful thing. Very, very encouraging for people that are continuing to traverse the journey and having all these stages within. And I'm really curious for listeners that are saying, I love this, I'm digging it, but I am disconnected right now. Um, I want to go from having this monkey mind and being awkward and maybe being in victim story And I want to have this tuned in alignment and this kind of connection to myself, to others, and to serve in this greater transition. What is um, kind of something that they can start today after listening to this episode? Like, what do they need to do? Press pause and, and, and go right into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say longer term, it's helpful to be part of a community because you have to be around the energy of other people that are already in the space. It just helps to catalyze that growth potential in yourself. And because it is a hard journey, I've watched some of my students get it are really trapped in monkey mind, even in the community struggle to like stay present you know, and, and it's like so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I used to feel this way as well. So one of the things that early things that I started learning that really helped me a lot is I would go outside and sit on the earth, like just sit barefoot, butt on the earth. And of course I don't, I don't, I don't like put chemicals on my lawn. So just that's a side note. Like I'm not sitting in toxins. I'm sitting in fresh grass, you know, so I sit on my lawn and I'll sit there for hours, you know, and practice meditating outside. Hand over heart, hand over belly is just another really good technique um, for, because that takes the energy channels in your hands and rebalances your nervous system using the electrical channels of your hands. So, because most of the time your monkey mind is like that, it's because your whole nervous system's out of whack and you just need to rebalance, you know? And so the earth grounding and the hands over heart, hand over belly, that'll really support. And then deep breathing through your belly, you know, not like shallow chest breathing that many women have been taught to do, like hardly take any air and just enough, you know, like don't 
try not to be here at all. Just try to try to take no space whatsoever. No, it's like take a huge belly breath, you know, let, let your belly expand and like be pregnant with breath. And- oh my God. Yeah. I'm, I'm laughing because I can completely relate. I feel like I've been sucking it in my whole entire life. <laughs> <laughs> totally. We're taught to. We're, that's yeah. one of the conditionings, you know, and it's like, no, like unfurl yourself, take up space, breathe, let your hair down, you know, like just take up your space, claim your space. I'm always telling people, claim your space, claim your space. Oh man, I love that. We really need a bumper sticker for that. Thank you so much for all the work that you're doing, for sharing this message and for really being brave to like step into your sovereignty. Because as you said before, and I'm a firm believer of that, it inspires others to do the same because like you're paving the way. Like I really feel this light leadership is a gift. So truly from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for the work that you do. Thank you, Casey. And right back at you. Yeah, absolutely. So Carrie, let me know um, and let the listeners know like how they can take a step closer to you and your world. Absolutely. Well, my website has everything uh, available for all my upcoming programs. I do a one-year program. I do a six-month program for um, Awakening the Mother Goddess. And the one-year program is more of an Indian uh, shamanism program for claiming your inner medicine. Um, those are at kerryhummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com. And I have my own show over there, which Casey is going to be on, that's currently called Soul Nectar Show, although it might be called the Carrie Hummingbird Show soon. So we're... We're in the process. I know. I'm so excited. I feel like such a it's gonna be such a treat to have another conversation with you. So I'm thrilled. I will link up um your website in the show notes and then when our episode airs, I'll put that right together with the show notes too. And um yeah, I'm so excited. I wish you all the luck, not that you need it, but I can't wait to see what further blossoms um as the time continues. Thank you, KC. Yeah, thank you so much. Until next time, my friend, breathe joy. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Carrie Hummingbird. Honestly, I had so many more ideas and thoughts to chat with her about, so I feel like that could have literally been a three-hour episode. I hope that you enjoyed. If you did, head over to lovethepodcast.com slash brilliance and share your feedback. Linda Healer from Rochester, New York shares five stars, the real deal. Because Casey lives her brand, she is able to pull out the best in those she is interviewing. She keeps her guests on point without being pushy and contributes enough to add insight and lets her guests shine. Take a few minutes to experience one of Casey's podcasts. I bet you can't just stop at one. Linda, thank you so very much. I love this. It actually reminded me of like the Lay's. Um, I bet you can't stop at just one. So I hope that these podcast episodes are as addictive as those chips. Thank you so much for sharing. And if you want to leave feedback, I would love to hear from you. Again, you can head over to lovethepodcast.com slash brilliance. Thank you.